Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, howdy-do. Welcome to another great show of Amplified on the Business Channel. And we are excited to have Joe White on the show. We're going to bring him on in a minute or two. But first, I wanted to go over this amazing weekend we just had here in Maryland. We went to see uh, the hot air balloon release, 19 hot air balloons. And that was my my birthday gift to my family and to myself. And that was really extraordinary. We got to see the balloons lit up at night in, the, in a wonderful glow. And then after that, the next day, we went to Philadelphia and I was thinking about my friend Olga and called her up and said, golly, we need to have you on the show tomorrow. So we did the arts and uh, author extravaganza event at the Philly Convention Center. So first of all, Olga, how are you doing? I'm good, Ken. How are you doing today? Lovely. I get to see you tomorrow at your event. So I'd like to share on the air uh, why the event occurred, what, how you came up with the name and the details for the event. Yes, um, it goes back to my clients wanting to hang out with me. They're like, you know what? It's so great to to be coached by you, and I just love your energy. And you know, I wish we could go out for a drink. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I really can't go out with every single person. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? <laughs> um, I was putting together an event called. It was actually originally going to be called. Um, a love party, like a self-love party. That's exactly what I called it in the beginning when I was putting it together and figuring out, you know, the format. It was going to be weekly, monthly, that kind of a thing. And um, and everyone kept saying, you know, self-love. Like, that sounds like, you know. It sounds like Trumpism. With it. Well, I thought it was Trumpism. <laughs> they just thought, you know, that's what came to their mind. I'm like, God, people, I'm talking about real self-love. <laughs> so, um, from there, I had a friend of mine, he's a, he kept saying, you know, Olga, you know why everyone kept coming over to your house? You know why, you know how everyone always would stop by, you know, always wanting to, you know, plug in, especially if they had a bad day at work. He's like, it wasn't just, you know, here's, here's the coach and here's the counselor, right? He's like, it was your energy, you know, You're, you would go and leave your place and we'd all leave supercharged. We, we'd all leave recharged from a bad day or, a, you know, a bad week or whatever it is. And so he's like, we came in to charge up. And that's how the mm-hmm. whole name, the charge station came about because they literally were like, yeah, you're definitely like a charge station. Some people go to the gas station and refuel. We, we come to you to refuel. So I, I took the word, I took the name and I started the events. Well, I got to say that a place. the, the graphic is amazing. I, I saw the uh, graphic on your Facebook page, and I thought it was like a rave. And then I read, it, I misread it, and, I, and it said uh, "schmooze booze," and I had to just cruise to it. And so I thought we were going on a boat ride through Philadelphia. And so I, I contacted you, and I was like, "Can I come to your event?" But uh, I gotta say, your graphics and your energy—it is an amazing pool. So, uh, how many people are going to be coming to this event tomorrow, and how how can people register? Oh, we're expecting a couple hundred. How they can register? Um, we have the event link in Eventbrite, so they can either go to Eventbrite and type in the charge station or schmooze booze and real estate, or 
better yet, just go straight to the website, thechargestation.net, um, and they'll find it. Of course, there's also the Facebook, the Charge Station on Facebook, the Charge Station on Instagram, Twitter. So it's, it's all over. They'll find it easily. They won't have a problem. And, yeah, well, so we're, it's, it's a big venue. It's on the water, and we're expecting a lot of people. Go ahead. It's the biggest doggone dock in Philly, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. Exactly. So, and it's, it's gorgeous. The sunsets are really beautiful. Um, can, I, can I bring my camera, staff, please? Great place. I'm sorry? Can I, please bring my, can I please bring my camera? Please. Oh, please. Do so. <laughs> I, I welcome it. There's no one like you. You're the best. You're the best. Well. Well, thank you for inviting some other photographers because we're going to capture these 200 people and really let up the world the next day with letting people know about the next event and also just really um, celebrating all the people that do attend the event. Because I think it's the thing that happens with events is you get so charged with the event. You come home and you're you're just don't do the follow up or you you get busy again. Life happens and you don't remember who you, you saw. So we want to really memorialize this event. And it's exciting because. The last time I saw you was Digital Footprint with Ken Courtright and Carrie Courtright. And yes. I will say, you got in the room, energy surged, everyone felt supercharged, and it was a dance rave party at a, at a website conference. That's really nuts. But you caused that, so thank you. Yeah, it was easy also when you're around awesome people, all the people that were there at yes. Digital Footprint. It was just what an amazing, amazing event. And yeah, it was just... I plugged right in. It was wonderful. Well, I'll tell you. And, and I met you. Oh, come on. Right. Do you, do you remember how we really connected? <laughs> I, I do. I do. And I, I want to say it. It's a testament to actually having the right energy, the going to events and really playing big, and also uh, being very active on social media because we stayed in contact uh, through Facebook. And so here we are today, and we're going to reconnect tomorrow. And Joe White, our next guest, is going to try and make it out to your event. And I think he's probably going to have some comments about uh, energy and, and really being dynamic because he's on stages a lot, and he does do some really amazing things at this event. So I'm going to turn it over to Joyce. Olga, thank you for being on our show. If you want to put her on mute and just hang out, I'm going to connect you and Joe together later. And then, of course, yeah. you're probably going to meet her tomorrow. And then uh, and then enjoy the show if you'd like to stay. Otherwise, it'll be on Apple, iTunes tomorrow, and we'll be putting that on Facebook as well. And uh, send a link to Amplified Radio, and we'll make sure we, we share that with all our listeners as well. Thanks for joining us on the show. All right. Thank you, Ken. Have a good night. See you later. Cool. Hey, Joy, so how was your weekend? Did you watch any balloons rise? Uh, did you go to any cool events last week? No, Ken, I didn't watch any balloons rise, but um, I have a surprise for Joe. I happen to live in the state where one of his passions is housed, so I'm going to tell him about that. Joe's kind of guessing right now. It's at the end of his um, bio. So we're, he's a passionate Harley rider. So, Joe, I invite you up here to Wisconsin, and I'll personally give you a tour of the headquarters. How would you like that? That sounds excellent. Are you there? Yeah. Yes. Not, and we have some yes. good writing going on up here. So uh, I'd like to introduce Joe a little bit more, and we're going to get to know Joe on the, on the station today. So Joe is, uh, the key word is living proof that you can create a life that you really, truly desire. So Joe's been able to overcome drug and alcohol addiction and really a near-fatal overdose, as well as depression, to build 
a huge nationally recognized, really joyful, successful life and business in coaching, training individuals and corporations and companies. So he's, he's really known that he's passionate, he's honest, and people come away feeling they got a really practical approach so they know what they're going to do next. They're not just motivated, but they have some action plans. So that's awesome, Joe. People describe you as a success maker and the transformer. I like that one. <laughs> Joe's really a proud father of a three-year-old daughter and a family man. And I want to tell you, I want everybody to go to his website because you, you have to see this huge smile of this guy. So his website is getlifecoaching.com. So welcome, Joe. Thank you for that great introduction. And Joe, thank you for being on our show. I met you at Bill Walsh's uh, Wealth Mastery Camp about a year ago, I think, and kind of the yep. same ideas. We we met each other, good energy. I saw you on stage. I said, I hope I can get this guy on my radio show at some point. And uh, although we haven't stayed in touch as well as I would have liked, the show is not only rekindling the conversation, but golly, you've really been doing so much since that uh, that sh- that event with Bill Walsh. And I'm excited to share with our audience what's available to them and what you've created as a result of, you know, really overcoming some things in life and actually making your life a life you love. So congratulations for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Never mind I, to be here, but it's where I'm at. Well, I have a question for you because I have actually interviewed, um, I guess, a very high percentage of people that have had to overcome some and make some very serious life decisions of whether they want to live life or whether they want to lose life. And so if you hadn't gotten into drugs and basically made bad choices, do you think you'd be who you are today? Oh, absolutely not. You know, I look back at my addiction and what it took to overcome it, um, what it took to overcome all the crap that was driving me to do drugs and destroy my body, my life. And, you know, in a weird way, I think there's this convergence point where it was all kind of coming together for me to do this. It was, like I said, it was never my intention to be a coach, to work with businesses, to work with individuals. It's just kind of unfolded as I began to put put back the pieces of my life. Cool. So what did you think about what Olga said? I, I mean, you, you may be meeting her tomorrow and you'll, you'll see this force of energy, but what, do, you, do you resonate with that message of people charging up because they need to see you, they need to uh, connect with someone that's actually um, giving them positivity? Yeah, yeah. You know, when I first started, I didn't have, um, I didn't have any degrees. I dropped out of college and I started this coaching practice out of, you know, just a concept and long before coaching was popular. And one of the things that, that people came to me and resonated with me was the fact that I was able to, you know, the, some of the skills I was using back then were the skills I used to, to get myself clean. And I, I, I think you know, that's the power. You know, we talk about spirituality, we talk about contribution. I think it's as simple as the 12-step meetings did, AA and NA and all of them. I think we become inspired when we see others, other people's spirits 
right? When they, when we've seen people who overcame things, whether small or big or in, in an area that's unrelated to where your life is, but when you see other people, it gives you that sense of hope and that, and that hope creates energy. And that, right. for so many people, becomes that catalyst for them to begin to examine and take action in their own life. Did you go through this 12-step program? I, I started there. I did five years there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I okay. did. Uh, I was heavily involved. Of course, I went to my first meeting, and I'm like, these people are crazy. You know, I'm not as bad as them. But very shortly, <laughs> I learned that I was probably just as bad, if not worse. And I, I use that really as a foundation. And a lot of the principles I teach today are kind of like quasi and grounded in some of the similar principles. Okay, so what do you uh, what do you point at that caused you to get into self destructive behavior? Uh, well, you know, I, I think there's two parts to that. Can I think the first part is what I knew back then, and there's a part of what I know right now. Right, mm-hmm. uh, right. Back then, I you know I, I never I grew up you know I was bullied. I had great mom and dad, and if anything, they, they loved me too much. Right, they should have let me hit the ground a little bit more than I did, but. I never felt connected to anything. I never felt um, like I belonged to, you know, to anything around me. You know, I had these feelings of not being enough and not being worthy. And as I got older, it was just that manifestation of that pain and, and, and all that, all these patterns I was running. And eventually drugs were the way, you know, it was able to take me out of, out of me and what I was feeling in my life. That's pretty interesting, Joe, because you started off by saying I was completely loved, maybe loved too much, and I will just add a word, and you can correct it if it's wrong, but enabled, and yet you didn't feel that you were enough and you didn't feel loved. What, what do you think caused that, that disconnect there? Well, I remember coming home from school one day and kids were picking on me, right? And, and I, I was adopted. My mom was unable to have children. And you know, I knew that from the beginning. And you know, I, I, today I, I can put pieces together. But back then, you know, I, like I said, I just didn't feel nothing. Like, you know, kids would call me names and things of that, of that sort. I remember vividly, Ken, I came home one day from school, and I was all upset. I remember talking to my mom. We were in the living room. And I said, Mom, the kids pick on me, and they do this. I have no friends. And, you know, recess was run, run away from Joe. That was a recess game. Nice. And my mom looked at me and said, you know, but your dad and I love you. I'm like, thanks, mm-hmm. Mom. And I remember thinking to myself, of course you have to love me. You're my mm-hmm. parents. I just kind of dismissed that. Yeah. So you hear about all these amazing uh, triumph stories like Steve Jobs with Apple, find out he was adopted. Is there, I mean, I've never actually asked this on the air. So is there a connection to adoption and I have to prove myself more? I, absolutely, you know, and I, at least to my experience, right? Because I, I, even though, like, I remember going to school and the Irish, they had their days, the Italians had all the days, right? Everyone had nationality. And I felt like, I, you right. know, I was this, I was that, what my parents told me. But it wasn't until much later in my life when probably about seven years ago, five, six, seven years ago, when I found out a little bit about the background of my adoption, which kind of made even more sense. But I definitely think it's the 
you know, look, the greatest gift any woman can do, a woman is biologically wired to give birth. And there's probably, then there's nothing that flies in the face of that more than giving up your baby. And any woman who gives up adoption, my heart goes out to them. It's, mm-hmm. it's truly the gift of life. For whatever yes. reason, it's the gift of life. But you know, but you think like there's no, there's no bonding, there's there's none of that as nature kind of intended that there wouldn't be any re- repercussions of that. You know, our, our adoption agency, our adoption process is still kind of uh, antiquated, where it's just like okay, it's done. This pretend it never happened. So I, I definitely felt like that was some of that feelings where I didn't fit in and I had to prove myself. And if I'm successful, I felt good. If I wasn't successful or even how I saw myself, then that would lead into problems. And you were the only one they adopted. There wasn't a brother or sister, correct? No, I had an older sister, three years old, okay. separate parents. But yeah. Okay. Because it's amazing how many times you hear about people that adopt a child and then later they have a child because of the stress relief, I guess. I don't know. but uh, Right, right, right. Yeah. So congratulations on your daughter, Emily. That's pretty cool. Yes. And that so, was important for me, right? That was an important part because, relatively speaking, there's no one in my life that I, I could, uh, before Emily, that I said, hey, that's a part of who I am. You know, that's right. flesh and blood. Somewhere out there, there's a half-brother of mine, but relatively Speaking, like I said, there's no one I can look at and say, no, we are connected in that unique way. So she's meant a lot to me in many ways. And she's well, a great teacher to me, too. I'll try not to get too sentimental because I'm going to hit something that actually uh, will cause me to be that. So uh, I had asked you earlier if you had a book, and you said no, but I'm writing one. And I, didn't, I wasn't ready for your <laughs> response to what kind of book, but you're writing a book to your daughter or it's about your daughter and so if it's okay let's let's talk about that particular book yeah yeah I know as a coach doing for 18 years now I wanted to write a book but I, I haven't been inspired to get beyond like page two I didn't want something that sounds like every uh, like a regurgitation of every self-help book I've ever read right um and a friend of mine, my trainer, I've been with my trainer for three, four years. He's Tony Robbins' trainer. He's, he was Dwayne Johnson's trainer for seven years. His name is Billy Beck. We were in a coaching session. I was down at the beach, actually. And he said, I've been thinking about your situation. And, you know, he said, I have this great idea for a book. He said, you love your daughter more than anything. And he said, you should write a book to your daughter in a series of letters. I'm like, I start feeling something. I'm like, okay, Billy, give me some more. So yeah, yeah, I was even talking to Tony about this, and this is a good idea. And he said, you, know, you should write a book you know, about 10, 12 principles. Like if you could give her lessons in life through your experiences, because you, you're the real deal and you've been through things. And, you know, and that way you could touch other people's lives, but you could just focus on her and... I've been writing ever since. So, yeah, right now I'm calling the book Letters to Emily, my daughter, and it's going to be a series of, of some moments of my life, some good, some challenging, and lessons that I've learned that would benefit her and everyone else out there. All right, so I told you this show's a little unpredictable, so you ready for this? Go ahead. 
So I don't know how many minutes we have till the close of this segment, but let's just say it's five. And why don't you talk to your daughter, Emily, right now so that she can hear this later? And you can go as long as you want. You can talk about any of those letters, and we can cut it as short as you want. Okay. You know, the first thing I would tell her, I would say to Emily, you know, Emily, you know, there's challenges in life. And there's challenges that you just don't always see. And there are moments of our lives, moments of my life, when I discovered a cow I was conceived or an end of a marriage or financial struggles, that in those moments have been some of my lowest moments of my life. And as, as strong as her daddy is, there have been difficult times. And sometimes in life, that road that's in front of you seems bleak. Or worse, it seems like there is no more road. And having that faith just to never give up in life, you know, never to, never to quit, never to give up, even when you don't think there's anything left, if you just keep taking slow or quickly that one more step at a time, there comes light. There comes light, and things get better. And life can be painful, and it can be joyous, and that's what makes life. And at the very end, you just can never give up. You can never give up on, on your dreams. You can never give up on your life, and you can never give up on the fact that you, your life is a gift. We all have this life as a gift. And someday you look back at these moments and even though you were, you could not make sense of why this was happening or what this meant, you find out some of your greatest growth times, some of your greatest resources, some of your greatest gifts and blessings came directly from those worst moments. And that you are loved and Daddy always loves you more than anything in the world. To the moon and back. That's beautiful, Joe. And not only is it beautiful, but I hope she gets to hear this someday soon because you are obviously very proud of her. And it's so important that a parent has that type of communication with their child because they love them unconditionally, as you do your daughter. And uh, a recommendation that uh, Joyce had, and I would actually not only echo it, but I would have liked to have said it first, was that when you write your letters to Emily, you may want to actually write them uh, in some kind of a chronological age orders so that when she's a certain age, she revisits the book, like those crucial ages like 5, 9, 12, 16, 18, etc. Because I think that book that you're writing her is your life, so it's not just a one-time read, it's, it's a revisit. What do you think of that? I've, I've identified like 10, 12 in a chronological order like, like defining moments, moments of my life, you know, and and through that, the lessons that I have learned and, and I'm still learning. <laughs> well, let's let's give one of those lessons right now. So when you do play this for her, she or she hunts it down on Google later. Why don't you give her one of those lessons right now? <clears throat> you know, I, 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 one of the lessons that just always comes back to me 
is is that lesson of when we just cannot make sense of the world. You know, I was years ago, five about five years ago I was engaged and out of nowhere that engagement ended. And at that time a friend of mine um kind of was pushing me to find out about my adoption. So I did it on a whim. We petitioned Catholic services and, you know, being adopted, you, come on, like I said, having a baby is amazing enough, but giving it up is something uniquely special. I um, was not ready for what I was going to read when I opened up the letter. My birth mom was from this little town called Conchahawken, right outside of Philadelphia, and uh, she was 18 years old, and she was married with one child, and she... Um, she was, um, she got separated from her husband, moved in with her sister, and was working late at night. So she was probably about 19, early 20s. Uh, worked a night job, and then she was waiting at the bus station one evening, and she was raped by five white guys. Um, in that violent act, I was conceived. She, um, actually brought me home for about 15 days. She named me. Now, we were, before this all started, we were talking about the our middle names because Joyce and you know, we share some names and initials. My confirmation name I took was Michael. She named me Michael. Um, she brought me back to the uh, adoption. She took me to the adoption agency about 15 days after she gave birth to me. Um, when, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I read that, it, it just kind of, I could not make sense of the violence. The, it, it resonated with me on, like, and, and kind of challenged every old belief and limiting feeling I ever had. The, you know, the, and it wasn't until I was doing a seminar and I was doing an intervention with a woman who was molested as a child by family members. And we were taking them through this exercise and she was trying to find the, the purpose is to find the gift of that moment. And she, she refused, so there was none. And I remember getting very emotional at that moment because everything was just kind of swirling and happening. And I said, there's always a gift. And you just have to look hard enough for it and be willing to get out of your own way. And as I was talking to her, I was processing myself. And I realized that at that moment that, you know, and this is not like I giving myself credit. It's just a space I occupy in this world. You know, there are you know, thousands of people's lives who have been impacted by the work that we do here. There's... There's one of my clients who were literally separated and on the way to divorce, got back together, and they just had a baby two weeks mm -hmm. ago. There are people who overcame drug addictions. And like all those lives, if that violent act never happened, all those people's lives would not have been impacted. And on top of that, my greatest gift, Emily, would have never been here, and the world would not have known her gift. And it's the power of perspective. 
because sometimes in life we just don't see far enough into the future to see where where it comes together. And, you know, faith to me can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but to me it just means, you know, believing when every fiber or fibers inside of you telling you not to believe. And that's, that's for me, is one of the most important things that we can believe in life, especially when life around us does not make sense. You know, that was massively introspective, and I applaud you for seeing the big picture of what you just said. And, yeah, that's, that's definitely a wow moment on this show. You've had to, you've shared this before, obviously, on stage. I do. I do, yeah. because I think it's important for those who do deep transformational work. Look, if, I, if you come to my event, Ultimate Breaking Through the Barrier or Design Your Life, I, if, if I ask you to be the level of pure, raw honesty, I, I, I don't, I think I have to be there, too. I can't. Of course. You know, I can't say you do this, but hey, I don't want to look at my crap in my life. I want to look at the things I'm feeling inside. Of course, of course. Well, I want to encourage our listeners to go to the Facebook page, Amplified with Ken Rashawn, and any questions you have at this point, go ahead and shoot them over to us. And before we go to uh, the segment break, Joe, why don't you share how people can connect with you? Um, you can find us on Facebook. Um, at um, at Get Life Coaching, and uh, probably the most easy is our website, which is getlifecoaching dot com. Getlifecoaching dot com, and you know you can find our podcast, you can find our YouTube channel, information about events, uh, opportunities to do a complimentary coaching session, or any of our transformational programs or business work that we do. And since Olga invited you to the event tomorrow, do you think there's a high chance you'll be there tomorrow? Um, if, once I get the time schedule, right, okay. I, I can see where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And when's your next event? Um, my next event is coming up. We have two that are coming up in the fall. One is our coaching certification, uh, this late September, early October. And then I believe it's October. And that's where we do a, a life coaching certification in uh, the methodology that, that we use, use. And then also we do our ultimate breaking through the barrier where we do a fire walk. It's our deep transformational weekend. It's a Friday night and Saturday. And I believe that is uh, like the middle of October. Well, I look forward to supporting these events, and we're going to go to break for a second, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about what happens at these events and some of the things you do to help people create transformation in life. So we'll be back in a minute or two. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. 
Show them your support by liking their page. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, that was a powerful first segment, and we are on to a powerful second segment. So we're so excited to have Joe White on the uh, the show, and wow, he really shared some amazing stuff. His book coming out in uh, early next year called Letters to Emily, and I'm going to beat him over the head if he self-publishes without going through perfect publishing because this book needs to be seen, heard, and experienced by the world. So, Joe... Fair warning, as big as you are and as Harley <laughs> Davidson as you are, I will beat you over the head if you self-publish. So I just – well, the problem with self-publishing is you're actually talking to the choir. You're talking to people that you know, and unless you're a professional marketer, you're only going as fast as you can go with your marketing ability. And I think you're such a, an amazing leader and influencer. I would just like to champion you with uh, – broadening your base and broadening your reach and engagement with this amazing message you have. And you obviously are a person that has lived adversity, overcome adversity, and caused this life you're living right now. So I, I have so many things I want to talk about. We have obviously just a, a short time to, to go. So what would be the number one thing that you did in your life that actually caused this like light to go off that says, you know what, I'm not going to live this life anymore that is not taking me somewhere. I want to actually love my life. What, what happened? Purely by accident. I mean, I overdosed some drugs, um, got out of the hospital, continued to use, moved back. From, I was up in New York City. I did some modeling, and I worked at a nightclub, moved back to like the Philadelphia area, and um, like I said, depressed, antidepressant, psychiatrist, psychologist. 
And I was up 1 o'clock in the morning, one morning, watching TV, saw an infomercial for Tony Robbins. I thought the guy was an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but he said one thing that changed my life. The past does not equal your future. I watched the mm-hmm. same infomercial for three consecutive nights, got up um, at 1 o'clock in the morning, got done the f- watching it, and I ordered those tapes, November 1993. Uh, started, w- started working on it, right? Because I, 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 I thought my problem was just cocaine. I didn't think it was pot or alcohol, and I had no clue it was all this other crap inside of me that was already driving all that. So I, I look at it, you know, I, some people call it grace, some people call it moment of sanity, but it was, it was a moment after I watched it for the third night where my brain said, hey, what if it worked? My brain was like, no, it's not going to work. Nothing, you know, you tried everything, even though I didn't. But it was that, but for, some, for something in that moment, I just said, but maybe it will. And that inspired me. It wasn't like I was like at my bottom. It was just watching the stupid infomercial for three consecutive nights that gave me a glimpse of hope. And didn't know where it was going to take me, didn't have a clue, but obviously it was the path I, I, I needed to take. Okay, so that is certainly understandable. And how, how many events did you go to with Tony Robbins? Well, n- n- not in the beginning. I, you know, I, I got clean. It, it took me, um, that was November 93. I got clean on St. Patty's Day. 1994, only an addict or alcoholic would pick St. Patty's Day as their clean and sobriety date. But I listened to those tapes five years over again because the first time in my life, I, 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 it was about, it was mechanics, right? I mean, I didn't describe it back then, but I had tools. Like, I went to therapy. I would walk in feeling like crap. These, these feel like crap. It was the first time in my life when I realized I, I, there was tools for me to change how I thought, what I felt, and what I did. So I listened to those tapes for five years in a row, over and over again, and I went to WrestleMania when I was in Philadelphia, and I saw a sign across, across the arena that says, Tony Robbins coming on the date. And I'm like, oh my God, he's coming? And I bought the tape, I mean, I bought a ticket, and then I went to my fire, the, the, the firewalk experience, and then I did the next event, and I got very involved. So I went to all the programs. Then I was originally, that was part of the leadership team where the volunteer and crew, when you came to the event, and then I was um, originally trained to be a coach for his organization. So you got really close to Tony Robbins. Close to his organization, some of the people, not Tony himself. And this is what caused you to invent the type of events that you create for people? It inspired well, you, at least? Uh, yeah, initially, because, you know, I, I start to realize there's, you know, coaching is so fragmented today. You have every different kind of coach imaginable. And for me, it was always like, what was that one thing or two things or four things that you can kind of, like, like, like kind of manipulate and change that would change everything above us. So take like a triangle and turn it upside down. And all that top part is secondary. If you could change those core patterns associated to like, you know, the upside down apex, that's going to influence everything above it. So I've always been fascinated once I started studying this, how do we create truly rapid and lasting change? And I definitely think like Robbins is clearly on that side too, versus just being motivational or inspirational or make you feel good in the moment. 
you know, people ask me what I do all the time. At the end of the day, you know, I'm a mechanic for people's lives and, and their businesses. And if you understand how the mechanics work, you can, you can, you can, you can, you know, switch things around and, and, and help, you know, align the patterns. And then you, you coach those people to become coaches in their own life. Is that a bit of an NLP process? You know, I, I, I love NLP. I, I don't use a lot of direct NLP, but I use like tons of NLP in, in how I do things, right? So even though I don't do like classic NLP techniques, it's influences, influences in my coaching, influences in my seminars, influences in our closed eye transformational processes that we do. So fundamentally, it's all NLP which is really just how the brain works. I mean, it's not like NLP was created out of nothing. It's really just how the brain works. If you understand how the brain works, you can navigate through that process more quickly. Got it. And so most people that are held up from creating the life that they love or that they're sabotaging their life, what would you say is the thing that you could help with or that is holding them back? Well, I think I think the big thing is uh, people don't get what they want in life comes down to really one fundamental principle. They don't believe they can get it. People go after what they believe they can get or believe they deserve. And through the process of life and by design, truly, but you know, the process of life is very often you know, adapting to not get hurt, adapting to get recognition, adapting to... You know, to, to cover up for comp- to compensate for things that you don't believe you really have inside and so we lose ourselves I think a lot of people lose that authentic self and live in a little bit more of that fear basis of scarcity and like sabotage you know even though coaches use that word Ken I, I don't think sabotage is necessarily it's, it's, it's a name of a, of a result of a pattern sabotage is when you get too far out of your comfort zone and then all of a sudden your brain goes, uh-oh, and then we find ways or means to stunt or stop our growth. So what happens is if you align that person with, with truly who they really are, their core patterns or core beliefs, all of a sudden everything else either goes away or it becomes much more easier for them to manage because it's no longer tied into this thing you know, we call identity it's just more of a pattern, pattern that they run. What would you say the percent of people are that are um, in this mode that, of actually holding themselves back? I think we all do. I think every yeah. single person. I mean, and, and to what degree and how, I think that's the question. Right? Some people, the degree is, is they're destroying their own lives where I was, right? Um, right. Other people, it might be less, but I think that's the nature of life. See, I don't. I look at everything as a pattern, right? I, you know, everything's a pattern. All patterns are learned. If we got pain, we avoid. If we get pleasure, we move more towards. And then, you know, then all patterns meet emotional needs. So, by design in life, I, I think it's always about like we can only go as far as we can see. Now. If you believe, as far as you can see, is you know, the, end, the end of what we're capable of, we're going to stay there. If you understand right. the principle, then you see those gaps as just growth, and, and you push to the edge. 
and that and whatever you know, I think the, the the guiding principle here is that in order to really achieve what we want in life, we got to grow, and we only grow through uncertainty. Most definitely. So I want to remind people: go to Amplified Facebook page, and actually, any questions you have, please put them out so we can get them to our wonderful guest, Joe. And I want to go back to the Bill Walsh event. How did he? How did he learn about you? Um, I was actually hosting a speaker event, kind of a TED Talk thing, up in Northern California. And my friend, who uh, is part of Bill's team, uh, Christine Sherbert, um, called me and said, hey, you know, we, uh, we need an expert at this event. I said, great, you know, who's it for? He goes, Bill Walsh. I'm like, Bill Walsh, a football coach? He's dead. He goes, no, no, it's another <laughs> Bill Walsh. So literally, I flew in from San Francisco, and I barely made it. I was exhausted from like three days of hosting and organizing this event. And I was just going to go there, be on the panel, and leave. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, I, we got done the panel. There's an expert panel where there's like three or four people, and the moderator asks questions so the audience can learn from these amazing people. And I, I get done, and I, I was just going to listen to Bill speak for a little bit, and Bill was great. You know, Bill was sharing all this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not doing any of this in my business. Or, like, you know, it was like this like reminder after reminder, like, like how much I can still grow my business. And I was mesmerized. So I stayed for the whole event, went back the next day, had dinner with Bill, and next thing you know, the rest is history. That's really cool. And uh, yeah. you've obviously met some pretty cool people at Bill's events. Uh, have you ever met Anil Gupta? By any chance? Uh, briefly. Briefly. It was not very long. Okay, because that's someone I met there. He's, he wrote the book about uh, the happiness, creating happiness in your yeah. life. And so I thought that that might be someone that you might have met at Bill Walsh's event. Okay, so... Uh, let's talk about the event that you're doing next and what people can actually get from attending that event. Two of our biggest events that we do, number one is a program we call Ultimate Breaking Through the Barrier. It's a day and a half. And we have a firewalk experience, which is really, really amazing. We do them around the world and for individuals and for some of the largest companies in the world. Um, but the whole day is designed to, to help you and to teach you to rewire your brain, to take control of what you think, what you say, what you feel, what you do. So the big segments is figuring out, you know, this, this thing called fear. That's where the firewall comes into. And then, you know, this powerful mechanism called meaning. The meaning that we give the events that, of our lives that pass and that are happening, that are coming. And then we help people to rewrite their stories of their life. And we take you through this process where at the end, you're able to truly purge yourself from these limiting feelings, these, these old patterns that you run. doesn't mean everything goes away forever. You know, there is a responsibility with going yourself to continue afterwards. But, but what happens is you now have the tools and resources and the emotional muscles to handle it versus just denying their existence. So we get people, everything from successful CEOs to people who've been depressed for, God, we just had a woman there, she's been going therapy for 15 years, right? And nothing works. And she comes and 
She has this huge transformation and these huge breakthroughs, and her life is on like a whole new path. That's amazing. And so what, what would be something that someone could actually um, overcome when they're at your event? That's one of the biggest things that people overcome. Because um, the glass walk. I'm referring to glass walk and the fire walk. What's that? Your, your glass walk and fire walk, are they at that event? Uh, the fire walk is. We okay. do the glass walk at Design Your Life, the other program. But probably the biggest, like some of the big challenges that we have is stuff that we suppress as a child. Not everyone has those moments, but a lot of people do. But here's one thing I realized. Most people in their life have at least one significant emotional event, an event in their life that took their life on a different trajectory. And it could be a death of a brother. We had a guy who was a second last one, and his brother died in Vietnam, and that forever changed him. Now, it, it, it served him on some levels because it caused him to value life, but very often we, we take the negative stuff and we just suppress it. We've had people who've been molested or who were raped, and we have people who've been just going through challenges in life who's spent 20 years in a business and all of a sudden walked into work one day, and his business, his, the business told him he was no longer needed. So his identity, all that was, was gone. And he couldn't find a job that paid close to what he was making. And next thing you know, two years there, he's depressed. He can't get off the couch and lost all his male energy. Right. And, and that's the shift, isn't it? Because when you think about it, no matter where you are in life, there's a challenge ahead of you. And when you overcome that challenge, you grow to another level. And so that's why coaching and mentorship is so important because there's no point in your life that there's not another place you can go up to. Yeah, and that's, well, depending on what you believe spiritually, that's called death, right? But, that's, <laughs> but I think that's by design. I don't know if you agree with that, but I think it's by design. I do. Because it forces us to grow or extremely right. challenges us to grow. Well, I will tell you, uh, there was something I was trying to remember earlier, and it was Bill Walsh's book. He, he, did you know he wrote a book? I did, yeah. Yeah, obvious, and... Right? What's that? The Obvious. Yeah, The Obvious, yes. And I was uh, putting all these people in the Keep Smiling book, and I went on Amazon, and I couldn't find them because of the person you brought up earlier, Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh, the coach, had, I don't know, five, ten pages worth of, of his <laughs> literature, people writing about him. So I never could find Bill Walsh, the Chicago business expert. And so I said, wow, I can't believe this. Bill Walsh speaks at like 220 events a year. And he doesn't have a book. And so I, I saw him in Beverly Hills, and I said, hey, I want to include you in this book, but uh, apparently you don't have a book. And he goes, I have a book. And I go, all right, what's it called? And he goes, The Obvious. And I go, no, I know it's obvious that you wrote a book since you said that, but what's <laughs> it called? <laughs> so that was uh, that's pretty funny. And I, it's so important that if you are going to leave a legacy that you write a book, but more importantly, it's, it's, it is to be an influencer. And what do you think causes... Uh, people to actually step up to the plate and decide they want to be an influencer? You know, I think, you know, we talked earlier about growth, right? And nature's rule, not mine. Whoever doesn't grow dies. But we don't grow just for the sake of growing. That would be selfish. We, you know, I, I believe firmly that we grow to contribute. And that's where we find fulfillment, through growth and contribution. And I think we all have this 
part of us that's meant to influence, to contribute. I think for some, it's being the, the best parent, family, community, church, uh, clients, through books, through other media. So I, th- I think how we're called is, is different. But I think the biggest challenge is that very often people are fearful. And I think back to the Marianne Williamson passage from the book Return to Love, and she talks about our greatest fear. It's not that we're inadequate. Our greatest fear that we're powerful beyond measure. And I think that power scares people because you see this, you know, you put yourself out there and immediately people start tearing you down, trying to, you know, find holes in, in, in your integrity or in your life. So I think everyone has, has a, a part of our DNA is to serve, is to influence. I also think it's our responsibility to own that and step up and find that stage. Again, it could be, you know, being the best parent or, or the Little League baseball team, or it could be something much greater. But I think what goes through a lot of people's heads, you might hear that when you talk to people who want to be authors, who wants to hear what they have to say? Right? They, they disqualify themselves. And if you change one person's life, if you influence one person's life for the better, you know, from, in my eyes, that is equal as if you did 10,000. Because to that one person, their life would never be the same again. And, and that's impact. And that's legacy. Because that trickles down to their families and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I want to actually ask a couple of quick questions as fast as I can. What book changed your life? Uh, first book Tone gave to me. The road less traveled because I read the first line and it was life is difficult and I put it down till I got clean and I remember reading that book all the way through and it was the first book I read that kind of took my life on a new trajectory. And the quote you live by. Two, Shakespeare, to thine own self be true, which presupposes we have to know the, who thine own self is. Two, number two, Kirk Cobain. I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for what I'm not. And how can people follow you? Um, I guess at getlifecoaching.com has all my social media connector connections, but you can go to at getlifecoaching for Facebook um, and at getlifecoaching for Twitter. Okay, well, Joe White, you have been amplified. Joyce White Nelson, you both have the same name practically, and I think you guys are phenomenal. So uh, Joyce has a book coming out called Shift, and I'm excited that uh, you guys are knowing each other at this point. And thank you very much for giving yourself to this show. I look forward to working with you not only in your book, but at your future events and helping amplify what you're doing in the world. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joyce. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard. 